Have you ever wanted to listen to two random dudes on the internet talk about their views? Well, I'm Matt. And I'm Bill. And this is the Two Dudes with a View podcast. everyone welcome back to episode 15 of the two dudes with a view podcast as always my name is matt and i am joined by the grumpy old beer loving man bill bill how's it going oh not too bad could be better if it wasn't so damn hot out i agree uh let's just jump into it let's not waste any time um i will say this as far as weather for me uh the real field today was 95 which is a little ridiculous. Uh, however, it was great because I do have a pool, so I just spent like half the day there. So that was good. Uh, but yeah, it's been ridiculously hot. We're supposed to, within the next uh, few hours, uh, supposed to get a ton of rain that's going to last uh, all through tomorrow. So when you're listening to this in the morning, it's probably downpouring at my house. Uh, the storm is about this. It, well, it's stretching from, Buff- last time I looked, Buffalo to St. Louis. So... It's quite the storm, so I'm preparing for rain. But yeah, it's been miserably hot uh, to the point where you don't even want to go outside. It's it's like you can feel the stickiness in your skin. It's just ugh, I uh, ugh, I just ugh. I cringe thinking about it. Anyways, yeah. what's up with yours? Um, so <laughs> the weather here is a moody bitch. Um, one minute it's hot. Well, I shouldn't say one minute. I should say it's it's hot all the damn time. Um, but then you get them rain spurts here and there. Now that storm you're talking about, I think we just had it because it was thundering and carrying on like a prick here. So I'm pretty sure that's coming your way. Well, I can't wait. Like I said, when I looked earlier at about now we're recording this, um, Sunday night. And when I looked at mm, probably three hours ago, uh, it was stretching from Buffalo to St. Louis, and that's quite the storm. And it was there was a lot of yellow and red, which is the severe weather in it. There was a lot of that in it, so I'm hoping it's not horrible. I do have an update as well from uh, last episode's weather report that I gave about the uh, the horrible winds and and you know hail and all that when we thought it was a tornado. It was a microburst actually. The the weather service confirmed it was a rare version of the microburst that happened so i guess that's cool that it, we had a rare microburst. it wasn't cool that it caused you know all the damage and whatnot and hours worth of traffic issues and lane closures and what but i mean it was cool that we had a microburst i guess yeah but you live in new york so traffic problems are just a thing of the it's it's a daily normal yeah but not not around me usually see i'm not i'm not in the city so i i disassociate with the city we still have traffic issues but um, mainly because the roads suck, so everyone's trying to avoid the potholes everywhere. So, oh, you got Pennsylvania roads? Oh yeah, it's bad. I'll quick diversion real quick, like thirty seconds. We got an on ramp. I should say it's technically an off ramp to an on ramp, but it goes from one highway to the other. Um, just outside of Syracuse, the ramp has been so dilapidated for like the past ten years. That they just keep patching it and patching it, and they just they'll they at this point they'll never fix it. It's just that bad. Potholes everywhere. Like literally, there's sections where you can look down like through the entire ramp and like see the road underneath. It's it's quite ridiculous. But anywho, moving on. Yeah, pain pain has been felt with you. Yes, I, I deal with that on a daily basis. I'm aware. Yours are still pretty bad down there, but ours are rough as well, especially in Central New York where the snow plows just hit all the patches that they put down in the summer so yeah, i think it's bad but anywho before we get into today's episode i want to jump and give a word to our sponsor for today's episode because uh they've graciously joined and are very welcoming so let's jump to a, a word from our sponsor for today thank you to anchor for sponsoring today's episode it's greatly appreciated absolutely 
Uh, so with that though, Matt, I've I've looked at it a little bit today. I haven't really spent a lot of time, but I know that you put some time into this. You got something you want to get off your chest, so I'm gonna go ahead and just kick it to you. Go go do your thing, cowboy. Yeah. So okay, this um, we've talked about it before, and we we did mention it. I forget what episode it was, but when this happened, we had mentioned it on that episode, and that was the. Givalde school shooting down in Texas. And we had mentioned, obviously we didn't know a whole lot at the time. It had just happened. It was only like, I think two days old at the time. So it was still fresh. Not a lot of information was out, but now that we're almost a month post uh, school shooting down there, we've kind of gathered a lot more information. And just yesterday, an 88-page report was released um, by a it, it was a committee established um, by local officials, you know, town officials, uh, city officials, uh, investigators, um, representatives from the state, a, a bunch of people. Uh, but the, this committee released yesterday an 88-page report about the incident, and I just want to quickly give some facts here and then I, I i got i don't even know how many points here that i want to cover and and ask you bill for your input on this because i know you're going to have some strong and both of us are going to have some strong thoughts on on some of these but i want to just give my quick synopsis of this so real quick before before you do that just i trust your judgment in doing this just anybody listening to this please understand these that my views are strictly my views and do not reflect on anybody else except for me but i have a very strong feeling about this and i'm probably going to cuss i'm just going to let that not let that out there right now yeah okay matt go ahead and this is well like bill said it's a sensitive topic to begin with and what we're going to talk about is not easy to talk about at times, but it's it's got to it's got to happen. Specifically with some of the things we're going to cover. But anywho, quick synopsis: three hundred and seventy-six officers, police officers, were on scene during this incident while the incident was active, meaning the shooter was was still there, still present within the building, still shooting, so on and so forth. 376 officers, excuse me, 149 of them were Border Patrol agents, 91 of them were state police officials, whether they were actual, you know, Texas Rangers or the state police of Texas, obviously, Department of Public Safety. So whether they were patrol officers, commanders, supervisors, whatever, 91 state police officials, then there was actually 14 Department of Homeland Security agents uh, on scene as well. And then the rest were combined between, you know, the sheriff's office and uh, the Uvalde City Police Department and the Uvalde School Police Department, which I'll get into more of that later. Um, but this 88-page report detailed essentially not start to end, but... It, it, it kind of covered start to end and it went over some of the things that just haven't sat right with anyone since this incident. And, and a lot of these, you know, I, you'll see a common theme throughout them. Um, but a lot of these are just like, you want to just yell at someone when you, when you hear some of these. So to begin with, we all, we, again, we covered it before. Uh, when this initially happened, but we know the suspect, and I'm not going to name names because they don't deserve that. The suspect had shot a family member, drove their truck, crashed it outside the school, ran in the school, entered room 111, which was a conjoining room with 112, meaning they were open and they could you know walk back and forth between them, and ended up opening fire on that classroom. Um and leading to a massacre, I, I guess, is what we can call it. Um, it's just, it, it's the deadliest school shooting in Texas history. And 
it happened within minutes. And just the response to it was annoying, I guess, is a word. I don't even know the word. But within minutes, 19 children, two teachers were killed in these two classrooms. So I'm going to kind of start from the top here about things this report listed. And, Bill, I'm going to ask you as we go along here your opinions on this. And I just want to I want to cover this. So... Um, right from the beginning, uh, there's surveillance footage. There's there's 80 minutes of surveillance footage that has been released, on top of other footage from other areas and whatnot. But initial surveillance footage uh, shows multiple officers, uh, actually nine officers, from the Uvalde City Police Department entering. The building three minutes, just three minutes after the gunman had entered the rooms, rooms 111 and 112, where the victims were, where all the victims were, all 21 of them. And they would enter the hallway, uh, not too far from the, the classrooms. And then they would eventually, uh, just moments later, retreat from the hallway and actually the building in general due to gunfire being heard from those rooms. The officers reported knowing that there had been gunfire before entering the school, and they had also seen evidence of gunfire in the hallway with spent shells and what they had classified as pretty much a war zone in the hallway with shrapnel and all this other stuff. So nine officers within three minutes entered that school. Moments later, they retreated because they heard gunfire. Now, let me say, all of these guys had bulletproof vests on. Most of them had long rifles, shotguns, whatever. More than just pistols. And yet, their job to go towards gunfire was second to their safety. Now, before I turn this over to you, Bill, because I know you're going to have some thoughts on this, let me just say that the states, Texas states and the Department of Public Safety to begin with, advanced law enforcement rapid response training instructs that any officer can assume command and tell any other officer what to do. That same training also instructs officers to run towards gunfire and put the lives of others over the safety and the lives of themselves. These nine officers that initially ended the first wave did not do that. They turned around and they ran out. Just three to four minutes after it started. Now, I think that Specifically speaking, all three of those officers not only broke the, the training that they had been taught, the policy that they had been taught, but I don't know how they sleep with themselves every night. I really don't. Specifically because they know that children were being shot, 19 of them to be exact, and two teachers. Yeah, when they heard gunfire, they ran the other way. What, what does that say about this? These nine officers and those the, the, that police department in general. If you're asking me for my honest opinion, I, I all I can say to start off with, if you're listening to this and you're from Texas and you're from that area, and you had somebody you know, or even somebody related to you die in this, trust me, I, I, I don't know how I could express that, but in, in terms of these nine officers that were first on, on scene and did absolutely nothing but stood there, they should go to jail. They should go to jail for negligence. They should go to jail for abandoning their job. They They shouldn't have a job anymore. 
they're they're a bunch of scumbag sons of bitches is what they are so to me if you're a cop and and I'm trust me I'm do I'm doing the best I can to try to censor myself because I have so many swear words I could use right now and I don't want to but if you're a cop and you take an oath to serve and protect the people the people include the children these goddamn cops showed up did nothing stood there with their thumbs up their asses did nothing while somebody was in a building shooting knowing there's children it's a damn school who do you think's in there they didn't advance they didn't try to engage like matt said these people were were wearing body armor like these are they're you're they're trained for this shit this isn't the first time this happened in this country this isn't the first time this happened in the world. Mass shootings happen all the time. There's training now. There's even a, a thing instituted called a 20-foot, 20 21-foot rule with cops where they have to, if a suspect is even thought to be armed, they have to stay 21 feet away from them just so they can engage them properly. These cops stayed hundreds of feet away from a dude killing little kids. They need to be arrested. I, I, I need to, I can't, I can't go much more on that because I don't think it's right. The sons of bitches got, they, I don't know how they, like, like Matt said, uh, man, I don't know how they can sleep with themselves, man. I really don't, I don't get it. I, I don't know. And, and I want to get, this is going to play further into other things that I got to cover here. So before I go any further, I just want to kind of explain the way that Uvalde works. So the school district, the centralized school district, actually has their own police force. Now, it's not large. It's very small, to be honest with you. And the police chief at the time, who has since been placed on administrative leave and probably pending to be fired. um, I'm going to butcher the last name up. uh, Police Chief Pete uh, Arida Dinando, something like that, whatever. doesn't matter. He's going to get fired anyways, but... He you just called Pete Scumbag. Yeah. He was essentially the first officer there. Now, he wasn't in this group of nine officers um, because he, I, God knows what he was doing, but he was essentially the first supervisor on the scene. He was there, and he said that he treated the incident as a barricaded subject instead of an active shooter because, quote, he didn't have visual contact of the shooter, end quote. He also says that he did not... Never mind, hold on, never mind the fucking gunshots. Never mind that part. An active shooter with gunshots. Nah, hey, he's just barricaded. No big deal. In a school with innocent children. Yeah. Go ahead. On top of that, he also reports that he did not consider himself the incident commander. Instead, he said, quote, my approach and thought was responding as a police officer, so I didn't title myself. Now, mind you, he was the, he's the police chief for the school district. He was the first supervisor on the scene, and yet he didn't take command. So I, I just want to establish this right from the get-go because this is going to be the common theme like I talked about earlier. You're going to see through all these points. He didn't establish command. So now nine officers, ten if you include him, are doing whatever the fuck they want to do. Right? There is no accountability. There is no command. It's just ten people running around doing whatever the hell they want to do. On top of that, he spent time trying to find master keys to get into the locks and and trying to find some object, whether it be, you know, what they call a break and rake or whatever to essentially a breaching tool is what they were looking for, what he was looking for. So a police chief, mind you, is looking for things that an officer, a responding officer, probably has in their vehicle and... You know, referring to the the breaching tool, because 90% of police cruisers have one. Whether it be some sort of Halligan bar or breaking rate, whatever. And then he's also essentially on a 
running around like a chicken with its head cut off looking for master keys when they didn't even test to see if the doors were unlocked. Now, mind you, the doors were unlocked because A, the shooter walked right in from the exterior door. Just the door was propped open. He walked right in. And B, he made it into classroom 111. That the only way he can make it in is if that door is unlocked. So mind you, he's the shooter only went to these two classrooms. He's in these classrooms. And yet, the only way in is the door's unlocked. But the guy's this chief that could have taken command and probably could have cleared things up a lot quicker. Now, knowing him at this point, probably not, but I mean, it, it, who knows? Um, he's running around on a wild goose chase looking for things that he doesn't need. He doesn't need a breaching tool because the door's not locked. He doesn't need a key because the door's not locked. And if he was smart, being a police chief, you would have thought he would have took command. And he, you know, if, if I was in his position, I would have told those nine officers either get in there or, or you're fired on the spot and I'm charging you with not carrying out your duties. Hold on. Wait, time out. This guy is a police chief. Mm-hmm. His units are on scene of an active shooter, well, a barricaded suspect in his mind. But either way, he doesn't know the resources he has available to him as a police chief, the boss, the guy in charge, doesn't know what he has available to him. Is that what you're telling me? I mean, it kind of seems like that at this point. Regardless, on top of that, even if he does know what resources he has available to him, he's not the one that needs to be getting those resources. And on top of that, none of the resources he was trying to get were needed. He, it, it was a wild goose chase for nothing, essentially. Taking his time up, not only as a supervisor, but just it, it, being stupid with the fact that he doesn't need to do it as a supervisor. Even if you needed those things, again, responding officers have tools for fourth century. And on top of that, responding officers are already, again, he's inside the building. So if something's going down in that building, he's got to keep his guard up regardless because, you know, even at this point, yeah, those nine officers believe that he was, you know, the shooter was in rooms 111 and 112. They're not communicating with this police chief and the police chief's not communicating with them. So there's, again, no accountability. There's no incident command. There's nothing going on at this point and we're four minutes in, you know, at least... At least four minutes in, with the officers being on scene for at least a couple minutes at this point, and there's just there's no economy. It's it, it's every man for themselves. Even though nine officers were together. On top of that, again, I mentioned this earlier. The largest response to this was border patrol because again, it was close to the border. It was like a thirty minute drive to the border, so there there was a lot of border patrol agents. And hey, at this point, in my eyes. Uh, if something like this is going down, I want anyone that's got a pulse and a gun there that's a sworn officer, regardless of what agency they work for. I don't, I'll deal with politics later after this if I'm them. So, I mean, 149 Border Patrol agents, that might seem like a lot to some of you. But, I, again, in my eyes, you've got a small city here. You're very close to the border. You know, state police and the sheriffs might be a distance away. So, I mean, again, give me anyone that's got a pulse and a gun and that's a sworn officer and, and tell them to do something. Obviously, they didn't do a whole lot, but regardless, the Border Patrol Tactical Team Commander, so they were the ones, essentially the first SWAT team on scene. Uh, and again, they were uh, they were treating this like an, uh, a barricaded subject at this time. At least this police chief was, and that was kind of the initial information that was relayed to everyone. Again, even though, like Bill said, there was gunfire, like 140-something shots were fired by this dude both before, during, and after the police had both entered and left the building. So there was still active gunfire going on. But this Border Patrol tactical team commander, no one knows his name, the the report didn't specify him, um, waited with his entire team on a bulletproof shield that you would think a tactical team would carry. Apparently they didn't have it. Um, And then again, a master key before they even entered the building. Um, while the shooter was, again, still actively shooting. So, uh, 
on top of like you know the the school district police and the city police now we got border patrol agents just sitting outside too waiting for resources that again master key you don't need uh bulletproof shield to me, seems you really to me don't like need they that either everything but the secret service is what they did they brought everything but the secret service i mean yeah pretty much it kind of seems like they had yeah department of homeless cops, state cops fbi border patrol who wasn't there yeah and on top of this now again every one of these agencies talks to one another they all have communications they're all using the same radio systems different channels but it's easy to turn a dial i mean a toddler can do it um so all of them have the ability to talk to one another yet they're not so there's 149 border patrol agents and a tactical team that is doing whatever they're doing you got these nine officers and this police chief that have essentially gone rogue and he's doing whatever he's doing they're backing out and not running towards gunfire then on top of that you got the acting police chief for the city of uvalde not the that the school district but the city of uvalde who made up some of those nine officers that are initially entered lieutenant um mararnio Mar- Mar- um he would eventually come on scene uh, unspecified amount of time later. I'm sure we'll figure that out in this once this report gets more than 88 pages. Um, he would eventually come on scene and take command. But at this point, from at least what the report suggests, is that it was a little too late, you think? You know, um, by this point, there was... I, I lost count at 30. Um, I don't even know, but at this point, there was 30 police officers in the hallway just outside the door of rooms 111 and 112 that were just sitting there, just chilling. Again, heavily armed, bulletproof vests, you know, tactical in a way, uh, at least for street cops. And then again, you had this tactical unit from the Border Patrol just chilling, waiting for resources that, again, they didn't need. Um, they waited in a hallway. Now, there's 80, 80 minutes of uh, footage from this hallway, 73 of which are them just standing in this hallway. The other seven are them actually doing something. Um, and let me mind you, it's been altered in most of the videos of this, but you can find it if you really want to, and I'm not going to link it or anything because it is very, uh, very sensitive. But this security footage, 80 minutes of it again, 73 of which were... These officers standing in the hallway, 30 plus, again, I lost count. There was screams of children in the background that had been shot. At the beginning, there was gunfire. So they knew what was going on. These officers knew what was going on. But they waited 73 minutes in the hallway. Matter of fact, one officer is seen putting his handgun in his holster, walking across the hall, and getting some hand sanitizer out of one of the dispensers hanging on the wall, just sanitizing his hands real quick. On top of that, there's one looking at uh, some notifications on his phone there. There's one, they got a picture of him. He took a phone call in the middle of it while standing in the hallway. Now, mind you, again, there's screams in the background, gunshots, so on and so forth going on. Um, They knew what was going on. It, 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 they waited 73 minutes in a hallway. Well, Welling, very aware of what was going on. Yeah, in the 40-plus interviews that were conducted previous to this 88-page report being released by officers and witnesses and all that, um, some of the officers that were reported gave very contradicting and confusing information about what was going on at the scene to, to the, the, this panel and this committee that was interviewing him. Officers from different agencies. Some reported not knowing there was victims in the room, which I call bullshit on. Others reporting being told that the, the police chief was inside, you know, the, the school police chief was inside the actual room negotiating with the shooter, which again, I kind of call bullshit on. So that just tells you right there that no one knew what was going on with him so he in fact had gone pretty much rogue at that point um some reporting that they were told to wait by numerous other officers before breaching oh well again at this point 
There's no command being established. There's no, there's a large lack of communication between, I mean, really four different agencies. The, the school police department, the city police department, border patrol, state officials, on top of all the federal government that was there, Department of Homeland Security, so on and so forth. So everyone's being told different information. No one's doing anything, yet members from all agencies, at least the majority of them, large ones, Border Patrol, State Police, local, we're just sitting in this hallway. 73 minutes. Just sitting there, checking their phone, hand sanitizing, taking phone calls, just, just chilling there. Like, just a normal Sunday afternoon. And I, w- I would ask, I would ask if these people are being investigated for negligence, but probably not, because if there was federal agencies there, then that's so, all forgiven. The, the report suggested that um, the the committee that released this report and is pretty much investigating the entire incident and how it unfolded um, suggested that while the committee believes that these officers were in not necessarily the officers themselves were in wrongdoing, but that there were major flaws in the entire response by every agency and every police officer on the scene. Um, the committee said that it leaves the decisions to discipline, whether that's fire, reprimand, whatever, charge any of the officers up to the agent, the police agencies themselves in which they that specific officer serves and essentially the state DA's office or county DA's office if they wish to prosecute. So, I mean, the committee didn't say that these officers were by far doing their job impeccably because that's not at all what they were saying, but they said that it's going to leave it up to the internal investigations within the departments to discipline these officers. No, I'm just looking at that, you know, from a Border Patrol perspective, 149 officers, that's going to take uh, probably 30 years for them to investigate that incident, give or take, wouldn't you think? You know, uh, 149 officers, the way the federal government works and federal agencies, yeah, that'll be at least 30 years before we see that report. Um, and then on yeah, top of that, it's going to be... No, nothing happened. It's, no, it's fine. On it's... top of that, it's going to be like 7,000 pages long and no one's going to want to read that, right? Like, there'll, there'll be some slaps on the wrist. They'll they'll take out the high the high rollers like the the acting police chief for the city of Uvalde and the police chief for the Uvalde school the centralized school district they'll take them out because they're political figures they're appointed right or elected depending on you know whatever they'll take them out they're political figures they're scapegoats but these three hundred and seventy six officers were on that were on scene um they'll. And I'm not saying here, let me let me just be clear here. I'm not saying that every one of these 376 officers was in the wrong. Because some of these guys didn't get there until, you know, after the, the shooter was, you know, done and police had breached the room. Some of them had just arrived. And I'm not saying, again, that all of them had a part in this. Because some were instructed to assist with victims, or evacuations, and they were doing their job. This report just states that 376 were on scene. Now, whether those ones that were evacuating individuals or just arriving knew what had happened, who knows? And I'm sure at some point that information will be coming out. So I'm not by, I'm not at all saying that 376, all 376 of these officers were in the wrong. What I am saying, though, is that the nine initial officers that went in. The school district police chief, the tactical command team, and the commander from the border patrol. The 30 officers in that hallway that were just sitting there listening to children scream while they were being shot in a classroom. Those people, those officers, you can even call them that, those are the ones that were in the wrong. Those are the ones that need to be identified dealt with because again put in jail again their training says that you run towards those gunfire that gunfire and with the door unlocked 
and them standing in the hallway on either side of the door, even if it's a 30 to 1, let alone a near 400 to 1, you would think, you know, I, I'm just saying, if that was me and I'm I'm at a blackjack table and, or, or, you know, a poker table and my odds are 30 to 1, I'm taking that bet. Uh, listen, if I can cram even 10 officers in that room, 10 to 1 with the amount of firepower, really? Come on. You gotta be, you gotta be kidding me here. They didn't just go in there with 9 millimeters. These guys had assault rifles, shotguns, bean bags. You name whatever it. Whatever the hell, yeah, AK-47s. Like, they were, they were armed to the teeth. They just stood out there and had lunch. And not to mention... They consider that I just want to bring everyone back to this. At least the the school police chief considered this a barricaded subject. It wasn't an active shooter because he didn't see the shooter. Let alone, I mean, he like you said, he didn't hear the gunfire or anything. Pfft, come on, it's not like gunfire is extremely loud and screams. But it was a barricaded subject. That's all. So we're gonna sit around and wait. Maybe we'll talk to him. Let him come out. Maybe, you know, take him to dinner before we arrest him type of deal. You know? That type of stuff. No, it's not like it was an active shooter or anything like that. Not at all. It's not like 19 children were being shot and killed and two school teachers that were just sitting there moments before teaching friend or teaching English, math, science, whatever it was. Maybe even just reading, having some playtime, you know? So elementary school. Do you notice, though, that these assholes that shoot up schools don't do it where the kids are old enough to fight back? They don't know what the fuck's going on. Like, all these school shootings are elementary schools. They're just people go in there and start shooting little kids for no damn reason. Do that in a high school once and see how many people don't try to stab you and these people are going to fight back. Yeah. I mean, it's the deadliest school shooting in Texas history. Deadliest. 19 children, two teachers, 21 total. And there's nearly 400 officers. Now, I I just, to give you a perspective here, in the county that I am, that I'm in, if I called up every single police officer in this county, whether it be state police, sheriff's office, local police, if I called every police force and brought them to one location, I might have 150 officers. So that shows how many officers, and I got a big county. It's 113,000 square miles. 150. That shows you the amount of police officers that were on scene. 376. And not a single one of them. Now granted, like I said, some didn't arrive until after. Some were actually doing what they were told and actually being helpful and actually being useful by getting people out because, well, I mean, no one was communicating to one another. So who knows what the people, what the officers in that hallway told the officers evacuating people or told the the initial command or the commander after one was established. But I don't. And then on top of that, I just want to cover this because it is a, an important piece of the culture, but it's nowhere near as significant. I mean, we're talking 1% of this might have played, well, it did play a factor potentially, but 1% of this played a factor compared to the 99% of it of the response. But the school had issues too. And part of that was reporting numerous reoccurring problems with doors and and locks on the doors, including room 111 where the the suspect entered and was barricaded. Um, They were not repaired. They were reported, never repaired. On top of that, the school reported that there was a, quote, culture of noncompliance with safety policies requiring doors to be kept locked, end quote. Um, And then they also say there was a lack of good Wi-Fi and internet, which potentially played a role in delaying the lockdown announcement in the call, reporting that there was potentially an active shooter. But again, all of this is only 1%. Yeah, if the door was locked, the person might not have got it in. But 
What's saying that they're not just going to break the window? What's saying they're not going to shoot through a window? Again, yeah, it, it might have played a factor, but what would have played a bigger factor is, you know, those 30 officers. Even not even that. We didn't even have to get to that point. Those nine officers walking into that room. Nine to one. Nine to one. Nine officers, one suspect. And yet, it wasn't an active shooter situation. It was a barricade subject. How even the police chief, who was in the school, could have just walked down a couple hallways. One-on-one. Yeah, it's a little risky. Yeah, the police chief was probably outfired. I mean, the 17-year-old the, the, the that shot had some sort of assault rifle. Police chief only had a, a pistol, as far as I'm aware. So yeah, there's a little little bit of firepower difference, but if you exchange fire with that suspect, and that suspect exchanged fire with you, that means they're not shooting people. They're not shooting the people in the room. They're shooting at you. So you're keeping their attention. But no, let's my, my, let's, my question, let's go on, on a manhunt. My question is this. Nine officers went into this school. Nine officers stood in this hallway. Nine officers heard the gunshots, but not one of the nine officers radioed that shots fired. As far that would, that, that, that would lead this police chief in the school to assume that some dude decided to wreck his car, get his gun, walk across the parking lot, come into the school and say, fuck it, I'm going to barricade myself in here even though I did nothing wrong except for wreck my car. Yeah. Is that what you're and, telling me? And, and on top of that, I mean, this goes back to the whole lack of command and whatnot. There's no communication. There's no communication between those nine officers and the police chief. There's no communication between the police chief and those nine officers. There's nine officers and the uh, remaining, uh, let's see if I can do a quick math, 364, no, 67, sorry, responding officers incoming. There's no communication whatsoever. There's no communication between those nine officers and the Tactical team from the Border Patrol, there's no communication between the Border Patrol and what would soon to be the, the commander, the uh, incident commander, police chief, the acting police chief for the city of Uvalde. There's no communication whatsoever. None. Zero. And what little communication there was, it was confusing because, again, officers reported that they heard numerous things. And there was multiple officers from multiple different agencies reporting they heard completely different things. One officer saying, we knew there was gunshots. The other saying, no, we didn't. Some saying, well, we didn't know there was victims trapped. One saying that the police chief for the, the school district was inside the room with the shooter, negotiating with him. Which, honestly, that's a little far-fetched to even think is true. So I don't, I don't know why they even I thought can't. that was accurate. I can't wait till the the radio communications from this get released. So, and I, I respect, so the mayor of Uvalde has kind of been the one releasing all this information. On He's on the committee. He's that released this report. And I respect him a, a ton. I've never met the dude. I don't know what political stature he's in and whatnot, but I respect him for what he's doing. Because he said... Well, I'll just say this 88-page report, yeah, we got it today. Well, actually, it was yesterday. The families of the victims got it before. He released it to the families of the victims previous, before the public got it. He's releasing all... He released the 88 minutes, or the 80 minutes of hallway security footage on top of the footage of those nine officers walking in and coming out, and, and again, other security footage. He's released that. But he released it to the families of the victims first. On top of that, he committed when he released this report, he committed saying he's going to release the body cam footage, at least from the officers he control, which is the city of Uvalde. He said he's going to release all body cam footage from that day, unedited, to the public. But not until he releases it to the families first. So I respect him for doing that. But he's been, as far as I'm aware at this point, and again, I, I don't know who this dude is. I haven't kept up with him. 
Um, but he's, at least from what I've seen, he's being very transparent. He's being very open with all this information. He released, they released an 88-page report. They released 80 minutes of hallway security cam footage. They're going to release hours of body cam footage. I mean, just hours between, I don't know how many Uvalde uh, city police officers were on scene. I know at least nine of them were. Um, so, I mean, if they were on scene at least 80 minutes, that's at least nine hours. Closer to 11 hours if you add in, you know, all the other. But that's 11 hours of footage right there to scrub through. Which will be interesting to see. But, yeah, I can't wait. Until they release the communications of this, the transcripts, the rest of the security footage, the body cam footage, you know, more interviews with what was going on, the internal investigations of both police chiefs, both the acting police chief for the city and the police chief for the school. And I hope that the Texas Department of Public Safety and the Border Patrol specifically because those two were the the largest responding agencies do an internal investigation. I hope they do. And I hope they do an accurate one and release the findings of it. I know the Department of Homeland or the Department of Public Safety uh uh colonel who is in charge of it said that in no better terms said it was a shit show of a response. Now he wasn't there, so I mean maybe that's a sign that something will be done correctly. Who knows? But I, I really hope that those investigations are done and released. And I, and I I truly look forward to reading and listening and looking at those body cam footage and those audio recordings and those interviews and those reports. I, I am so hoping for it. Like I said, 149 Border Patrol agents, that's going to be a long time. It, it's going to be... be a lot of some bitches losing a paycheck soon. That's all I'm saying, because there was a lot of little kids that did not deserve to die. So there should be a lot of stupid adults that lose their job. <laughs> Maybe even go to jail. I would say go to jail over this. Yeah. I mean, it, it, as someone who wants to be a police officer, you take that oath, right? You understand the risks. It's you're not every job you're handed a bulletproof vest and a gun and say here run towards that gunfire, or run towards the person with a knife, or go go break up this domestic between two parties that want to kill each other right now, or go investigate this murder. That that's not a normal job, but you take that oath to do it. No matter what, you take that oath to put their lives over yours. You t- and, and the sad thing here, and I can't believe I'm about to say this. But the vast majority of police officers in this country, and I don't know what the the statistic is for it, but the vast majority of them are either reserve military, former active duty, or still active duty military members. Yeah. These are the people going to fight the terrorists, but they can't even protect us from people in our own country. That is sickening. Yeah. And at least around here in in New York, where I am, you actually get credit. So you have to take a civil service test to become a police officer. You actually get 10 extra points on your test. So even if you don't answer a single question on your civil service exam, if you are former or active duty military, you get what they call a veteran's credit. You get 10 points automatically on your civil service exam. So if you get 100 on your civil service exam, you actually get 110 if you're active or formal Excuse me, former military. So yeah, they're actively recruiting former and current military members, whether they're reserve, retired, at, currently active, whatever. They, they're actively recruiting them. And like Bill said, these are the people going overseas to fight. And yet, they can't even walk into a school and take down one dude. One dude. Now, I'm not saying it's easy. And if it was easy, everyone would love police and everyone would sign up to do it. It's not easy. But that's your job. 
That'd be like a firefighter walking up to a building, knowing there's victims inside, and saying, you know, opening the front door, walking in 10 feet, and going, nah, it's too hot, I'm walking out. It's, 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 no. That'd be like, that'd be, I mean, I, I hate to go to this, because it's nothing like it, but it's a good analogy. It'd be like you walking into Subway, and the clerk looking at you and going, what do you want? You say, I want a turkey sub with... You know, provolone cheese, lettuce, and tomato on it. The clerk making the sandwich, you know, putting the bread down, cutting it in half, and looking at it and go, nah, I got to this point, but that's too much work to do. I'm, I'm good, and just putting the sandwich back and not serving you. It's the same thing. You wouldn't expect that from it. So why are we expecting it from these guys? What? It, no. Nine officers walked in that building. Heard gunfire, saw evidence of gunfire, and did absolutely nothing. Matter of fact, they did something that's stronger than walking into that room that, again, was unlocked. They did something stronger and made a stronger statement than going in and shooting the guy that was shooting kids or taking him down, whatever. They made a stronger statement by turning around and walking backwards. That right there. It, it, and again, I speak for, for my views, Bill speaks for his views, but I support the police. I really do. But I only support the ones that are doing the job correctly and are good people that are doing it. You can do the job correctly all you want, but you could be a complete jerk while doing it. And that's not the, 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 the kind of police officer I support. I support the ones that are doing the job correctly but are doing it for the right reasons and are the right people doing it. These nine officers, and even the 30 that were standing in the hallway while they heard screaming, they aren't the ones. And I'd be, will- I'd be willing to bet right now that if any one of those cops would have walked in that building knowing that one of their kids or one of their family members were in that building, they would have, at least if they had a heart, would have been like, you know what? I don't give a shit what you just said. I'm going to get this son of a bitch one way or the other. And if I die, well, then I'm going to die with these people. But I'm at least going to die trying to protect these people. Yeah. That's what they should do. All them cops. I watched the video of this big gang of cops standing in a hallway at like a T intersection. Just standing there, hanging out. What? While meanwhile, probably 10 feet in front of him was the door to the room the guy was in. All of these cops could not walk their ass down, kick the door open, just bust in. What's worse going to happen? Is he going to shoot another person? Okay, well, you know, I mean, at this point, you don't know how many people he shot, so that's a risk you've got to take. Yeah, and on and top of that. Unfortunately, that's a risk them little kids are going to have to take, whether they like it or not. But you standing out in the hallway and him knowing. That, oh shit, gigs up, there's a bunch of cops out here. Oh, you're still alive? Not no more. Bang. You're, you're still alive? Not no more. Bang. Like, why these cops didn't just... Plus, there's also video of cops at the window that could have taken a shot on him, but they could not get clearance to shoot because there was children in the area. What kind of policy is that? Let them shoot. If this son of a bitch is killing kids and they could look through the window and say, oh, hey, look, little Jimmy's down there bleeding like a son bitch ain't moving. He's walking around with a gun. Let me put two and two together. Let me take the shot. Nope, you don't have clearance. We, we can't verify he's the shooter. What do you mean you can't verify he's the shooter? He's got a fucking gun in his hand and there's dead kids. That to me is verification. But, you know, if you live in that area in Uvalde, uh, please go to your city council, go to whoever you have to and get that police force reformed because the shooter killed your kids, but the police force allowed more kids to die that needed to die. That's all I'm going to say about that because I can't stand this shit. This just got to stop. Like, this people killing little kids got to stop. Yeah, it... And again, not all 300 and... 76 officers there were at the wrong. And I'm not saying that. Bill's not saying that either. Because there were some 
that we're doing the right thing. That's that's just the way it is. But the other ones, and again, I lost count at 30, and that was just the ones that I could see because they were going back and forth. But um, it, th- those officers are... I don't even know what the the right thing to say is. I really don't. They don't deserve to be police officers anymore. Dereliction of duty and accomplice after the fact. Yeah. And and again, they don't deserve. At least the ones in that video don't deserve to be police officers anymore. At the very least, they. And I I hate to say this, but of those 376 officers, the ones actually doing their job and the ones actually helping people, whether it be evacuating them, whether it be holding a perimeter on the other side of the school in case they actually had no clue what the hell was going on, whether it be the ones that were responding to help family members find their kids, whatever. The ones actually doing their jobs will never get the credit. They never will. And it's just, it's sad that 39-ish officers, 40 officers, a couple police chiefs, whatever the number's in, take something that's so negative and just make it worse. It's unfortunate. And my, my final thought on this, and I don't mean to cut you off, my final thought on this is this was an elementary school. These are kids between the ages of five and nine that the families no longer can celebrate birthdays and Christmases and, you know, look for milestones in life, like teaching them how to drive, hell, teaching them about sex. Like, you know, there's things that adults look for look look forward to with kids all these families that's ripped away from them now this is this shouldn't be a thing this is the goddamn the united states of america like home of the free you know land of the brave but right now we're the home of the free and land of the stupid yes and something's gotta happen here i don't even give a shit if you're a democrat vote for a democrat that's gonna fix this shit if you're a republican vote for a republican that's gonna fix this shit no more of this he said, she said bullshit. Hey, how many kids got to die before somebody says, all right, enough's enough? Yeah. It, listen, I'm not one, and we've talked about it here before, I'm not one that supports outrageous gun control. We've talked about it with the New York gun laws. I'm not one that supports, you know, any of the issues that come into play with mass shootings i i something's got to change though here here's my quick solution ready if you're a teacher obviously if you're a teacher in school you've went through a background check which means that you don't have no felonies you don't have nothing that's going to stop you from being around minors uh make it a law that all teachers have to get certified with a, a firearm so that way, the next son of a bitch that walks into school, there's a school full of teachers that could be the first line of defense. Oh, you want to bust through my door and start trying to shoot my kids? No, I'm sorry. This this pistol says I'm going to shoot at you first. Because odds are you're going to get killed if you don't have a gun, so you might as well fight back. Yeah. And, uh, you know, just to kind of wrap this up, I've said it before, none of them deserve to be officers again. And the unfortunate fact is it's not just there. While we're recording this, there is an active shooting incident going on right now in Indiana. Three three innocent people shot and killed in a mall in Indiana. The gunman, dead, shot by an armed civilian. Two other people injured. It's not just schools. And while schools are the worst of the worst, especially Things like we see in Uvalde with elementary schools. Kids that are there just to be, you don't, to be honest, you don't do a whole lot in elementary school. You you don't. 
It's just, you're starting out. And they paid the ultimate sacrifice for it. They paid the ultimate price. It's unfortunate. It really is. But welcome to America, I guess. That's about the only thing I can say. Where it happens daily. These these little kids lost their future because of one guy that his brain wasn't wrapped too tight. You know, who knows what's going on, whether he had a bad relationship or whatever. But, like... he probably knew that the end game of this was him dying. So it was probably like suicide by cop and it didn't pan out for him. It should have, I really wish it would have, but you know, like if that's the, I don't know. There's, there's ways around getting shit fixed. You don't have to go taking innocent people with you. No. And just to kind of wrap this up for today, the national suicide prevention hotline and mental health hotline have released a new number that's a lot easier to remember than a long seven-digit number, 1-800 number. The new one, just like 911, it's 988. You're having mental health issues. If you know someone that's having mental health issues, you know a tip, anything, you're suicidal, thinking about suicide, call 988. Because in the end of the day, Not everything is easy to solve by itself. Sometimes you need help. It's hard to admit. Sometimes you do. And if one thing is reported, if you talk to someone, whatever it might be, it's better than walking into a school taking 21 lives. Just think about that. It, 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 just think about it. 988, it, it, if you're having any thoughts, if you know someone, it doesn't necessarily have to be about you. You know someone that's having thoughts and you don't want to get a hold of the police department. You're scared, whatever. Call them, they'll know what's going on. They'll know what to do. They'll be able to help. With that being said, I want to wrap up today's episode. Bill, do you have any final thoughts that you want to cover today before we bring this to a close? No, but I, I really, there, there's, growing up, there was a show called Jerry Springer. And at the end of the show, he always said something. And I always thought it was corny, but now it makes more sense than anything, is he used to say this, take care of yourself and each other. Like, just there's no need for all this extracurricular bullshit yeah and I'll just wrap up by saying if you're having a bad day regardless of what that day is regardless if you're having mental health issues or you just something got to you that day just take a minute think about life reach out to a friend family member anyone Find someone. Talk with them. And just enjoy life. Because unfortunately, you never know when it's going to end. And you got to live life to the fullest at all times. But with that being said, thank you all for tuning in to this episode. I know it was a rough one. It was a difficult one. And if you made it this far, take care of yourself, really. Take care of yourself. With that being said, thank you all for tuning in. And we'll see you Thursday for another another episode. Have a good week, guys. And enjoy. Later.